Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. have a few of my doctrinaires here with me. Uh, English Nick is here. Good day, sir. Jared Yamamoto is here, the handsomest producer in all of producery, and I get to look right at him. Can you believe it? Does he get more handsome every day or what? I, I would think that he does. I don't. He seems to be getting younger. <laughs> and uh, happy Labor Day weekend. We're going into the Labor Day weekend. Dragon Con's in town. That madness is going on. My uh, my two sons are going to Dragon Con, which is fine with me, but I told them that if they dress up in anything or put on any costume, <laughs> they are no longer welcome in the home they grew up in. But other than that, I want them to go and I want them to have a good time. But hey, you know what? It's Von Hessler Doctrine. It's time for this. Headlines of the week. All right, Jared Yamamoto. Millennial... Fill me in. What are the headlines? What's the latest? What's 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 breaking? The first presidential debate is coming soon, Eric, and NBC's Lester Holt has been named the moderator. Now, you say coming soon. Yeah, it's going to be on September 26th, and believe it or not, we're in September now. Okay, so that means it's coming soon. Is that still going to be up against a football game? Is that a Monday night? Or? Yeah, our very own Falcons are going to be playing the New Orleans Saints that night. Well, look, you can DVR one. I say DVR the debate, watch the game live. That's the way that I would look at it. But you can always DVR one, go back to the other one. Lester Holt, NBC News, he's That's- now the anchor. So he got the uh, anchor job. When uh, the other guy... Brian Williams. Yeah, he lied about... Uh, apparently he said that he like he saved a whole town in Iraq or something. Pretty I don't know much. He, he lied about what he did in a, his reporting in, in Iraq. <laughs> and then he was, they, he was demoted to MSNBC. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. And so Lester Holt got his job, right, at NBC Nightly News. Correct. So during the debates... He I, lied about being under, uh, under fire in a helicopter in Iraq. Just slipped his mind. He thought that maybe, sometimes you dream something, you think it's true. I dreamt something the other night. Can I, can I tell you something? I dreamt something the other night that I swear I thought I was dreaming about something that happened in the past. So much so that when I woke up, it took three hours in my mind... <laughs> To convince myself that I hadn't dreamed of something that happened like back when I was 16 years old. So I can understand where this happens. Uh, with uh, Brian Williams, yeah. I was watching uh, some of MSNBC put him on the two conventions with Rachel Maddow. So that's two weeks with Rachel Maddow. And I think that's punishment enough for anybody, <laughs> for anything that they would have done. So I think really it should be time he should be able to come back to NBC News. Lester Holt. I have no problem with Lester Holt. I have an observation. No upper lip. No discernible upper lip with this guy. It's kind of, it's Reba McIntyre-like. No upper, upper lip. But I think he's a pretty fair guy, I suppose. I don't really watch any of the nightly news, CBS, ABC. So far, he's done pretty well, and, and since yeah. Brian Williams uh, had his mishap. Uh, his mishap, his verbal mishap, <laughs> his misremembering of his past. It happens to all of us. Uh, so Donald Trump, do we know yet whether he's going to participate? Because he has said up to this point, he's only going to do the debates because, you know, he's leading by so much. I guess he figures he doesn't need the debates at this point because he's so far ahead of Hillary Clinton in every poll. <laughs> I guess he feels that he <laughs> could decide whether or not he's going to show up in any of these debates. But he said he would only do the debates 
if uh, if they were moderated by fair people. Any word if he thinks Lester Holt? I just checked the WSB news desk, and he has had the campaign has been silent about it since it broke earlier today. Well, I would, you know, that thing about not having an upper lip would kind of freak me out a little bit. It might be something <laughs> that might throw me during a debate. It might be something that he would worry about. But I think Lester Holt is going to be all right. Is he the only one they've announced? Well, so they've announced for the other two debates, uh, CNN's Anderson Cooper, Fox News' Chris Wallace, and ABC's uh, Martha Raddatz are all going to Martha be... Martha Raddatz! Yeah, they're all going to be the moderators in, in the following debates, but the first debate is only going to have Lester Holt. So I imagine that'll be a sit-down. Usually if there's just one moderator, they get at a big Charlie Rose table and hash it all out. So <laughs> I can see it now. Trump's going, we think he's got a top lip. We think he's got a top lip. We're not sure if he's got a top lip. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm sure he'll be on that. What, but Wolf Blitzer, what, what happened to him? He's, I, I, guess I guess Anderson, Anderson Cooper, Cooper just, jumped him. Just come in and just <laughs> stole all the thunder and there. nobody from CBS News got picked either. No Scott Pelley? No, no, no. Scott Pelley. Who wants Scott Pelley? A wannabe Dan Rather. Who wants that guy? He's not even, <laughs> what does he do, Scott Pelley? He's not even, he, mm-hmm. he doesn't even make you angry. He's not even a guy that's, that's bad enough to make you angry. So maybe they'll announce a few more. How many debates are there? There's three presidential, one vice presidential. That's correct. So they should have Michael Moore uh, be the moderator oh for one. Gosh. And uh, what to put Dinesh D'Souza on there too? Dinesh yeah, D'Souza, uh, Michael yeah, Moore. Exactly. Let's, My let's, gosh, you, you wouldn't get anywhere. They would be arguing back and forth between conspiracies. Let's have some fun. Bill Maher and one of them. Bill Maher be watching the Falcons probably. Well, it depends. Is that how early? That'll be like the third or fourth game. Right. Yeah. So they, they may be four. completely out of it. <laughs> Have you seen the Falcon schedule? It is insane. Is it hard? Yes, That's it's the not toughest good. in the league. Because I'm going to tell you something, man. I watched a little bit, not the preseason game last on this last week, but the one the week before. Uh, wow, I was not impressed. Matt Ryan threw an interception at the goal line as if that wasn't the problem to work on the entire offseason. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. I, I love the Falcons. I'm rooting for the Falcons. But I just have to say, I've been watching football since 1970. I was not impressed with that preseason-looking Falcons group. So it may be that by the time we get to the debate at the end of this month, we may have given up on the Falcons already. And might as well see what Donald Trump, what kind of mud Donald Trump throws at Hillary Clinton and how she doesn't respond to it. Isn't that how the whole debate's going to be? It's going to be like one guy just throwing mud everywhere and Hillary Clinton just getting through it. You know, in Hillary Clinton's head, I'll tell you something, she doesn't care. She, I, I watch all this stuff. Why isn't she giving a press conference? Why isn't she more available? She, she takes two days off, and then she goes, Hillary Clinton wants to be president of the United States. She's craven. She doesn't care how she gets there. But she's smart. And she's looked at everything, and she realizes they hate me. But right now, they hate him more. <laughs> so I know that they don't like me. She knows that she's not winning this election. It's just that her opponent, right now, if you look at polls, is losing the election. And you would think most human beings would care about that. I need to go out there and make my case again and get these people around. No, not Hillary Clinton. She doesn't care. She can just stay home at she, this point. If she yep. could stay home from now until November 8th, she would do it. And you know what? It turns out the less people see of her, <laughs> the better, the better, the better she, does. she does. And Trump can have a couple of days, but then the third or fourth day, at some point, he's going to say something that seems ridiculous to a lot of people. So she's allowing him to go out there and basically lose the election if 
if you believe the polls that you're looking at right now. I know a lot of our listeners maybe don't believe those polls, and maybe they're correct. I don't know. Maybe for the first time in history, every poll is going to be wrong. I don't. Know. <laughs> it's a possibility. You know, the silent vote. Maybe people don't want to say they're for Trump, and more people to come out. The you point to Brexit and how that looked, and nobody thought that that was going to be something that passed, and it did. I get all of that, uh, but right now Hillary Clinton is smart and she doesn't care. If you want to see less of her, if that will give her more power, she doesn't need your love. She needs your power. So that's all she cares about. So she will stay out of the limelight for as long as possible because her numbers go up when people don't see her and her numbers drop. (laughs) This is the worst presidential (laughs) campaign in the history of history. We must have, I don't know, I'm just going to guess there's 165 million people in this country who are eligible to run for president, born here, 35 years of age or older. And we come down to these two, nobody, everyone's trying to figure out who they hate the, the, mo- the most and vote for the other one, or really, who, who they dislike the least. I mean, both of them have people who are excited. Certainly, the Trump people are excited. Hillary's got a moderately excited... The first female president. Yeah, but she can barely even get anything going on that. I mean, you know, the Republicans... I'm sorry. Republicans hate Hillary Clinton, and they don't want her to be president. And I understand why. Almost anybody could have beaten her. I, I got to think Jeb Bush would be... It would be close, because people still don't like his brother. Maybe up by three or four points right now. John Kasich would probably be beating her... By 15 points. Cruz right probably now. too, right? I don't know. Cruz uh. was a little more, you know, but I think anybody would be beating her. She has been lying for how long has she been running? She's been lying all over her life. All over a year. But I mean, 15 months. She's been lying and lying and <laughs> lying, and she's going to lie and hide all the way to the White House. That's the way that it looks to me. The worst presidential campaign of my lifetime. All right, more headlines. When we return. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining honesty on WSB. Welcome back. Eric Von Hessler with the Von Hessler Doctrine. The doctrinaires are here. We're in the middle of headlines. Jared Yamamoto, hit me with another one. Yeah, and our boy uh, Colin Kaepernick is out uh, of your again. boy, not my boy. Hey, you know Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> man, he was so good in 2012 yeah, too. Man, it was a long time ago. But he's at it again, and this time he's outraging cops with uh, these socks that show pigs on them that are portrayed as cops. Oh, so uh, this Colin Kaepernick, let's take it back. So he uh, he's still refusing again. He didn't stand for the national anthem when he played the Chargers. So let's go back to his explanation as to why he's not standing up when the national anthem... I'll continue to sit. I'm going to continue to stand with the people that are being oppressed. Uh, To me, this is something that has to change. And when there's significant change, and I feel like that flag represents what it's supposed to represent, and this country is representing people the way that it's supposed to, I'll stand. Yeah, that's great, Colin. Get back to us when the rest of us (laughs) impress you enough. And please, once Colin Kaepernick is pleased with the behavior of the rest of us, then he'll stand. And then we'll know. When we see him standing, we'll know that we're good enough for Colin Kaepernick. King Colin Kaepernick. And all will be right with the world. So, look, he's nobody doubts the fact that he's an American and he can stand. And he can stand or not stand. That's his right as an American. When we go after him, he has free speech. 
we have free speech. Free speech is universal. When you do something, then people have the right to say what they think. So I think it was a couple, few days back, he showed up at a news conference and he was wearing uh, Castro was on, Fidel Castro was on his t-shirt. And I'm looking at this thing and this guy is ignorant. Now, first of all, you have to remember that ignorant doesn't mean dumb. Ignorant just means not aware of all the facts. What do you think would happen to Colin Kaepernick if he lived in Cuba and publicly decided not to honor the government of Cuba? What do you think would have happened there? So, first of all, he's he's ignorant. Well, I don't think he's taking a JetBlue flight back to the U.S. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, he's be left there. So, then he said this uh, the other day about the cops. He, they were asking him, well, what exactly are you upset about? And People being murdered unjustly and not being held accountable. Cops are getting paid leave for killing people. See, the cops are getting paid leave for killing people lets me know that uh, Colin Kaepernick has the intellect of clickbait. He has the internet. <laughs> he, he has the intellect of Twitter, social media. What he just said there sounds really bad. Cops are killing people and they're getting paid leave. Doesn't that kind of sound like they're being rewarded for killing minorities? As if they almost have a. Oh, you killed a minority tonight. You get paid vacation. This guy is ignorant. Now, my understanding, I think every police force in the country, any time a weapon is fired. Anytime a bullet is used, whether someone is hit, killed, or it doesn't hit anybody, anytime you come back with one less bullet than you went out with, you are immediately put on paid leave, and there is an investigation. That's just the routine. Now, Colin Kaepernick, why are you put on paid leave? Well, there's this little idea of being innocent until you're proven guilty. It's a small thing. If you'd like to pull up the Constitution, you'll find it there. So what Colin Kaepernick doesn't know that he's saying there, what he's saying is... Anytime a cop kills a citizen, they should immediately be considered guilty and marched into jail and probably shouldn't even have a trial. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. He's gussing it up like he's saying, well, you shoot a minority and you kill them, they give you paid leave. No, there's a routine. Anytime a weapon is fired, you're immediately put on paid leave and an investigation is done. It's actually a very responsible way to run a police department. Colin Kaepernick... We'll talk more about him, and we'll also get to Outrageous, Outrage Corner with English Nick when we return. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Welcome back. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. Doctrinaires are all here around me, a few of them anyways, not, the, not a full house. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And this Labor Day weekend in the Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, on top of all of the great reportage, you're going to get $250 in coupon savings. I think I said that right. Coupon savings. That's why we say, if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. It is now time for this. Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. We started this show, what was it, like back in the late 70s when we started this show? 76, I think. Yes. Yeah. We knew. We knew then. Hot summer that year. Oh, my goodness. Bicentennial year. People mm-hmm. were just, you know. So, we knew then that we could have a segment called Outrage Corner and know that every week there would be enough stories of outrage because people 
love to be outraged. Tons of modern outrage, you know? Let me Lots get of modern outrage oh. and having to do with modern sports, usually. Sporting You'll get some outrage. Sporting outrage, a lot of outrage. Yeah. And I'll tell you, my opinion about outrage, usually when I read about people who say they're outraged, I don't believe them. Because I think people just have a thing inside, like they have a compartment in their head, and they go, yeah, this belongs in the outrage file. Like, this seems outrageous. But you know when you're outraged. Like, when you're outraged, you're beside yourself. Like, you try to stop shaking, and you can't stop shaking. Like, freaking you're out. You're so upset about something, and you can't believe it. It's right. You're freaking out. But now, outrage is just somebody says we should be outraged about this, and a whole bunch of other people go, here, here. That is outrageous. So in that spirit... We have Outrage Corner, so give me my first outrage. Well, we covered this last uh, week on the Outrage Corner. Governor, Maine Governor Paul Richard LePage, you may have remembered he said that there was Thank a war. Thank you for putting Richard in there, because yeah. I, thought the, I thought it was a girl for a while, because he said <laughs> Paul LePage. No. So you put the Richard in there. That's Paul why I put, That's why I use my Wait. middle name. I just put Von Hessler in there, because people think my last name is Kessler, if I say Eric Kessler. So. I only found out his middle name was Richard. Remember, he left that scathing uh, voicemail for uh, Democrats. Democratic State Republican Drew Gatine, who yeah. come after, come after <laughs> he told him that he he called him a racist. Yeah. This governor said some things that were <laughs> right on the edge. Yeah, and so then the page <laughs> left uh, this voicemail for this Democrat. Uh, I don't know. Mr. Gatine, this is Governor Paul Richard LePage. I want to talk to you about your comments about my being a racist, and you. I want to talk to you. You want, I want you to prove that I'm a racist. I've spent my life helping black people, and you little son of a socialist, you, I need you to, this, I want you to record this and make it public because I am after you. Thank you. Of course, my favorite part is at the very end. When Thank you. Thank you for letting me insult you for two minutes. Thank you. I appreciate your time. So this guy is in a lot of trouble. He's a very eccentric governor. Yep. He's been known for being a rather eccentric governor for a while. And uh, so now, what is he saying that he is... Uh, well, midweek, he was leaning towards resigning. Now he says he's not going to resign. And he said he's never going to talk to the press ever again. Oh, well, there you go. That's it. You're only the governor <laughs> so of the state. So he can still stand in the corner by himself and throw all these stones. But like... Thank you. That's all he's going to say. Yeah, his statement is, uh, to the main people, I am asking for forgiveness. Comments I've expressed recently are unacceptable, and I apologize sincerely for using such disrespectful language as your governor. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You got to give it to the guy. He's courteous, even when he's calling you names. Thank you. So... How is he never going to talk to the press again? I don't even know where he is in his term, if he has two years left or whatever, but you might want to need to talk to the press. I like the fact that this is kind of somewhat, uh, don't jump all over me. I know a lot of plenty of Trump fans, God love you, and I love you. But uh, I think that there's, this is sort of the Trumpism of politics all the way around, where you're just going to start, you'll be petulant. Well, you know what? I'm just never going to speak to the press again. Well, you are kind of a public official. You're the governor of a state that nobody cares about except the people who live there. I get that. Maine. Isn't it kind of like saying you're not going to show up for the debates if the monitor is not fair? Yeah. Kind of the same yes. field here, right? Yeah. So I think that I don't think it's true. I don't buy it. 
I know that he's outraged. I know they're outraged. But sooner or later, some issue in Maine, some really heavy-duty issue like the cost of school lunches is going to royal the state of Maine, and he's going to be forced to go on the record with his point of view. Yes, Jerry. Listen, the 1.33 million people that populate Maine are counting on Governor LePage for what he might stand for. Of course, absolutely. 1.3 million people? That's That's, all that live? That's tiny. You know what? I'm beginning to dislike people so much. I would move there. You, that, that really sounds like a place where you can get some elbow room. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, the only problem with that is you age. Like, I always had the dream of living up in the mountains somewhere in a cabin, writing manifestos. I'm no, by yourself. It doesn't get that ugly. <laughs> <laughs> writing manifestos of it's wrong, this world. No, and, just why just, and that's why I had to take the actions I took. <laughs> so there's this glamorous idea that you'd be up there in the mountains and... Wonderful, but here's the problem as you age. You know, the game really is you want to survive that first heart attack. You want to be, you want to be able, you want to be able to survive the first one. Cause look, I just ate a baby Ruth. I'm 52 years old. There's a chance the first one could come down the pike before 60. I don't want the first one to take me out. No, give and me a second chance. Yeah. In order to live out the first one, you have to be within a good, you know, I don't know. 10 minutes from the nearest emergency room. So that's the, you get this idea, oh, I'm going to live in the mountains and leave people alone. They're going to leave me alone. You know, and then you're walking in you're the You're not back. worried about a main winter? Well, I grew up in winters, so I grew up in the north. I kind of miss them, strangely enough. What? Yeah, that, that sounds like my wife, because every once in a while I've said, you know what, I miss those winters, and it'd be nice to go back. And what did you just say? What? That's what uh, Jane Hessler says. <laughs> <laughs> I said, buddy, we've been together almost 30 years, but you're going back up north alone. <laughs> if you're going back it's up north. It's easy to forget how cold winters are when you've been in those harsh ones, man. Well, you know, the thing is, if you're up in the mountains and you really get snowed in, like you have to have your provisions and all that, yeah. I, it's, there's something glamorous about that. <laughs> if you live in a city and it's been snowing for two months and the car exhaust and there's slush everywhere... You don't want any part of it. That has nothing to do with the governor of Maine. So give me the next story. All right. The next outrage. Uh, Cable Channel Headline News had a guest on and they blurred out his Donald Trump T-shirts. Okay. So this is CNN HLN. Does Clark Howard still have a show on? He, he does had, not. He does not? Yeah, he's still a contributor for them. What does that mean? Does he just call them up and right, nags them? Yeah, they would call You well, spent too much money on that. You really shouldn't have spent so much. Okay, Clark, we know. We understand. <laughs> I'll let him clarify exactly what he does for <laughs> HLN. The checks in the mail, Clark. We get it. Okay, we paid too much. Please, dear Lord. Did you ever see that set he had on there? He never, they never spent much money on that. No, what was that? <laughs> it was like a brick wall oh, behind him. It, it was in like, this room. It, 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 it used to hang right back here on the, on the back thing? corner of the studio. Yeah, somebody paid not. for that. Yeah, somebody paid for that thing that looks like uh, it looked like uh, one of those music video shows from nineteen seventy nine. Right in this room here, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Andrew. You know what I'm talking about? It's night beats. So it was it was like that kind of yeah. uh, background. But I watched it dutifully because, of course, I love Clark Howard. He's my personal god. But uh, HLN is not CNN. It's the, it used to be called Headline News. It's been HLN now for right. a few years, and they just got rid of Doctor Drew. And so they're making some changes over there. So they had a political guest on. Well, no, who the did they ge- have on? No, this is the guest. He was a Jersey, New Jersey police officer, Steve Eckel, who was did this brave thing. He actually rescued a baby that was trapped in a car. Oh, so a baby in a, in a hot car thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which for some reason can't be stopped. 
A story every two weeks about people leaving their kid in a hot car. Unbelievable. <laughs> Let me tell you something. My parents were not the sharpest knives in the drawer, but they never left us to suffocate Ugh. in a car. I mean, how hard is it to, you know, like this idiot who's going on trial. I always forget his name. Ross Harris or whatever. Yeah. No, I forgot he was that. No, you didn't. Nobody forgets that their kid is in the back. Give me a break. Anyway, so... Anyway, CNN went on to say, a spokesman said that they blurred the logo and shouldn't have. It was done in error. So the guy shows up, and he's to talk about this rescue. Yeah. He happens to have a Trump 2016 shirt on. Yep. And they blurred it? Mm Mm-hmm. During the interview? They they blurred it. They pre-recorded the interview, and they blurred it? Yeah. It's like a split screen where he's talking to the anchor, you know, in, in his... Now, shirt. what are they saying? What's their defense for this? Because they're, they're saying oh, it was a mistake. It was a mistake! Of course! <laughs> Somebody made a mistake. It just happened to be a Trump shirt. Uh, it just happened to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have been, I don't know. Could Meanwhile, have been, if it had been a Hillary shirt, it would have been like blaring out there, taking up the entire screen. Absolutely. It's, it's really something, isn't it? I mean, listen, I, everyone knows I'm voting for Gary Johnson, and I'm not a huge fan of Trump. And I think Trump has really kind of shot himself in the foot so many times that it's hard to even bring up the fact that the media has a double standard and is out to get them. But outside of how well Trump is doing or not doing, the media has been so exposed in this with their absolute hatred of this candidate and putting themselves in the position of protecting the rest of the country from his candidacy. I mean, people on the right always knew it, but I think now there's no getting away from it, no matter who you are. All right, we have, I take it, another outrage or two? We will get to that when we return. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. This is the Von Hessler Doctrine. Some of the doctrinaires are here. That's Crimson and Clover, I believe, playing in the background. One of my favorite songs. It could have so easily failed, people. They threw every psychedelic trick in the book. <laughs> Everything but the kitchen sink got thrown into that recording, and somehow it worked out. So I love it. We're doing Outrages, Outrage Corner of the English, Nick. We Give are. Give me another Outrage, sir. All right. Michigan State University students are outraged. They're uh, planning. They're having a week-long sit-in oh, God. on they, campus. Did they ever go to class Still anymore? doing sit-ins. They are uh, sit in class. How about that? <laughs> I prefer not to. If Eric. I was a parent of one of these kids, I they wouldn't be allowed back for Thanksgiving. Sit ins actually have a cause. Classes do not, Eric. If my kids come back from college with all that college <laughs> campus nonsense at Thanksgiving, I'm going to say, you know what? You're lucky. We kept the children's table. KSU is protesting <laughs> the Von Hessler doctrine, Eric. We kept the children's table, so if your mentality is still that of a child, go sit in, go we'll sit sit in, in at the adult table then, Eric. Yeah. Jared, si- Jared sounds like the oldest university student I've ever heard. <laughs> Jared. Just- <laughs> I've been in class for 20 years. That's because I don't need to go to class. Jared went to a school that was so small that he had to choose another college to be a fan of. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so they are sitting in in Michigan. My West State. Georgia Wolves are preseason oh, number two right oh, now, ranked yeah. number two in Division two, Division seven. All right, go ahead. All right, they're protesting a new gender-neutral lounge. It was a woman's only lounge, Eric. It was a place where a Muslim woman could go to r- remove their hijabs, or people who'd been victims of sexual assault could distance, distance themselves from their attackers. This is what the people who are protesting yes. are saying. So this was a, a women's only. Women's only. Obviously, men on campus said, "Hey." That's not fair. You can't have a place where only one gender can get together. Let's because make it neutral. If there was 
a men's only lounge, Mm-mm. you know for sure that the same people who are upset about it being gender neutral now and want it to be women's only would be against it being men's only. And this is where we get into this thing now where people don't know how to think. It's between your ears, people. All you got to do is slow down. Take in information a little bit at a time and assess it. Now, uh, a very intelligent but grumpy woman once said, you can't build a good argument on top of a faulty premise. This is a faulty premise. Either you believe that everyone should be allowed into every room, all genders, because now there's 50-some genders, apparently, all of them can be in one room, or you believe that it's okay to segregate. You can't believe. It's not possible intellectually to be honest with yourself and believe that men shouldn't be allowed to have a men's-only lounge, but women should. If you think like that, the Von Hessler Doctrine is here to inform you that you're not really thinking. That's not really thought. You cannot build a good argument on top of a faulty premise. It's a faulty premise that women should have segregated rooms, but men shouldn't. It's all or nothing intellectually. You're on one side or the other. If you don't think men should have their own lounge, it's not possible to build a good argument that says women do. Also, if women are so strong, why do they need a safe space? If everyone's equal, everyone's equal. Wake up, grow up, or you're going to be at that children's table this Thanksgiving. All right, what are we doing next? More headlines. (laughs) I knew it. When we return. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, hour two of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. At least a few of the doctrinaires are here with me. English Nick is here. Jared Yamamoto is here. And uh, we got some good Twitter feedback. Jared, what did you get? What do you got there on the Twitter? Well, we've gotten some good and some bad. Some people love what they're hearing. But uh, David B. here says, WSB Radio has pot-smoking Gary Johnson dope Eric Von Hessler on instead. Hashtag <laughs> Trump 2016. Hashtag Trump train. First of all. Gary Johnson has stopped smoking pot while running for president. I think this needs to be pointed out. About two weeks before he ran for president, he smoked his last bowl, and he has been responsible enough not to smoke pot while he's running for president. Now, I've seen enough of these elections to know that he's probably going to light up a big old fatty on about 10 o'clock on November 8th, because he's not going to win. But that's where my vote is going, because the man is responsible enough not to smoke pot while running for the presidency. And as for me, no comment. Uh, you know, we started. I'll make one comment about me. I don't. It's. I ate a baby Ruth earlier. I'm Fifty-two years old. I just went out to the snack machine, and I got a Fanta grape soda. Is there such a thing as slow suicide? Because if there is, I think that this has to fall into that. This is basically there's something that I need therapy, right? Like there's something it's I'm unhappy your, with. It's better than your usual diet of uh, Miss Freshly bars, though. Miss Freshly, exactly. This is, she's really trying to put me in the grave. So try to wrap your mind around this. We started the show last hour with headlines, and people thought, "Wow, that was really cool. They should do more of that." Well, guess what? More headlines. <laughs> Ask and ye shall receive. Jared Yamamoto, what's up? <laughs> hurricane Hermine uh, that hit earlier in the week was the first hurricane to hit Florida's coast in a decade. 
I didn't know that. Well, you don't really pay much attention to things, so it doesn't especially surprise hurricanes. Me. You know, you don't have to worry about. I mean, that you stuff. didn't know, especially that. not in Georgia. That's crazy. In, in ten years, well, why is that crazy? Well, it was this millennial thing you have toward hyperbole. Well, I, it's I, a hurricane. Sometimes they hit the land. Usually they don't. Sometimes they do. Sometimes a number of years go by before the, they actually hit land. The last hurricane to hit Florida was Wilma in 2005, and I just I thought well, that was I, ten years ago. I know, but that's that cr- floored me, Jared. That's when I found crazy, that out, though, it's still just if you think about it, I, you always in, picture Florida getting hit with tropical storms and hurricanes. Well, this is say they weren't hit with uh, bad storms, just not hurricanes. True. I hope everybody in Florida is all right. I think it might, and you know, also touch uh, a little bit of Georgia there. I hope everybody's all right. My first thought is, A, why is it called Hermine? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. Uh, I've never known anybody named Hermine. Have you ever known anybody named... It's not even the name from the Harry Potter book. It's not Hermione. Hermione. Yeah, that's which is spelled differently with an O for some strange reason. So I don't know why it's called, but the first thing I think of is, oh no, here we go again. The TV idiots who go stand out in the middle of hurricanes... Apologies to everyone on the third floor. I know it's the thing you have to do, <laughs> but I find it to be idiotic. Can I just say something? When you're standing in the middle of a hurricane reporting to me, I don't want to. You're not giving me any more information than you could have given to me standing <laughs> yeah. in the studio. I already know that hurricane winds are strong. You know why I'm inside during a hurricane? Because I know if I go out there, it's going to blow me around. So Sheet, Sheets of rain, I've heard, too. Sheet, sheets of rain. of rain. I'm writing a song, Sheets of Rain. It'll be out. It'll drop next year. So here's a guy from a different one. You know, I haven't seen a lot of debris recently, but it was a couple of hours ago that... He just gets blown up. Go inside, you moron. <laughs> when I was a kid... They had a saying, he's so dumb he doesn't know to come in when it's raining. He doesn't know to come in from the rain. Oh, this guy gets blown around. Oh, fight oh, it. Oh. Alright. <laughs> sorry about that. Wow, that was a heck of a gust. No, no, yo, no, you don't have to be sorry about that. We knew that was going to happen. That's why the rest of us are inside where you should be during a hurricane. It's not like they're giving us any more information. Oh, really? A human being? All you have to tell me is that the wind speed is, I don't know, 60 miles per hour. I can put it together that if I walked outside, that that would knock me around. You're not giving me any more information than you can give me from the studio. I like the residents who say they're going to stick it out. (laughs) Oh, that's always the great one. 50 foot waves, like, oh, we got it. Oh, you big old New York City reporters, you come down here, you're wimps, you don't understand. We got, yeah, okay, I get it. But it's probably not a smart idea. I remember when I was, I think it was 1980 or something, when uh, Mount St. Helens uh, blew. And uh, there uh, there was this old man, I think I made a movie about him. This old man, I'm not leaving the side of the mountain. I'm going to stick it out. Ash all around. Yeah. Well, no, I might surprise you to know that man was never found again. <laughs> like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe we're smarter than you by leaving, by getting out of the way of destruction. The proper thing to do is to turn the other way and run as far as you can away from the debris and the destruction. Not these moronic, I'm sorry, again, all apologies to the third floor. I know it's what you got to do.
<laughs> I know I'm bumping into somebody in the elevator. He's going to look at me the wrong Just way. Don't because, make eye contact with them. Uh, I'm not allowed to because I'm in radio. Well, you always have to make way for the TV people. I understand how it works here at WSB. I know my place. I'm merely in radio. There's only one man that can do it, Mark Aram. Yeah, he, he gets he's both. on both. He gets to do he's radio. He's the liaison between yeah. both. Well, I'll have to have him do my negotiations. But here's my side of the negotiation. Anybody, for any reason, who drives toward a storm and then gets out. And by the way, they make heroes out of themselves being blown all over the place in the storm. How about the guy on camera? He's not holding on to a rail or whatever. God knows. He's probably bungee corded himself up against a tree. or so. How do they get the shot? And they get no glory. They deserve a little bit of glory because they're smart enough. They don't want to be out there. It's just the idiot with the microphone says, let's go. And so they have to go. So you got given me. A, so anybody out there. Go inside. Recently, but it was a couple of hours ago that. That boy is so dumb, he doesn't know to come in when it's raining. <laughs> That's what they used to say when I was growing up. All right, give me another headline. Donald Trump traveled to Mexico City. Who, who's this you speak of? A presidential nominee, Do- Donald Trump. I uh, think I've heard of him, yes. Uh, yeah, and he traveled to Mexico City earlier in the week to meet with Mexican President Nieto to discuss a border wall and, of course, who's going to pay for it. Number one, this forced everybody in America to know the name of the Mexican president. <laughs> nobody did. How <laughs> every talk show had had to go NATO night what, what is NATO? It? That's what I think it is. I have not. I'm, 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 I'm against NATO. <laughs> that like NAFTA? That's right. That's the president NAFTA. So he goes there. This is hilarious Trump stuff. I I really do. It's like does this guy have two easy like bipolar? What what is going on with this guy's personality? Because he goes over there and he talks with the Mexican president, and his tone is like... We had a very substantive, direct, and constructive exchange of ideas. And four hours later, (laughs) he said... uh, We recognize and respect the right of either country to build a physical barrier or wall on any of its borders to stop the illegal movement of people, drugs, and weapons. I thought I had a different one where he's going crazy later on, but basically, oh, here we go. So he's he's like that there. <laughs> Sounds out of breath. And a few hours later, I think they this- will have one route and one route only to return home and apply for reentry like everybody else under the rules of the new legal immigration system. Again, let's compare and contrast. A few hours earlier... We had a very substantive, direct, and constructive exchange of ideas. Okay, guys, are we out of Mexico? Are we clear? We're out? We're going? They will have one route and one route only to return home and apply for reentry like everybody else under the rules of the new World legal order. immigration system. People with fires, you know, pitchforks. I really <laughs> thought he was going to say new world order for a second. Oh, uh, well. Uh, hey, look, somebody's telling him this is going to get you. Maybe he's going to win. I'm not, I'm not one of these guys who say Trump's not going to win. I'm just going to say if this election resembles every other election in history, he won't win, but maybe... This is totally different, and I'm not being sarcastic. Maybe this is totally different. To be fair, he did say that in Arizona, where it's a hot-button issue. How is that fair? Think about it. Immigration's huge in Arizona. You see what time it is? Didn't I tell you? 419. That's when millennials shut up. 
<laughs> More headlines when we return. <laughs> Welcome back. Eric Von Hessler, the Von Hessler Doctrine. Happy Labor Day weekend. The doctrinaires are here, and we're still in the middle of, I believe, more headlines we're calling this segment. So, Jared Yamamoto, feed me yet another headline. In August alone, Hillary Clinton raised $143 million for Democrats and her campaign. Wow. And I can't even get any traction on my GoFundMe page? It's <laughs> a lot of money. $143 million in one month. That's right. Now, this is what this is telling you, and I know that some people get upset with me. Hey, look, you know, Trump could win. I, I'm not being sarcastic here. A week is a year in politics. A lot can happen in the next couple of months. This is not over by any means. But what this tells you is that for the money people, they've decided that she's going to be the, you know, when you got that kind of money, you want to cozy up to power. And so in the beginning of these things, they, they sort of split the money between the two, and then they'll start giving more money to the one that it looks like is going to win. And this is pretty early, but if she was able to get $143 million in one month, that says the money people have come to the conclusion that if we want to be cozied up to power, we need to be cozied up to her. So if you follow the money, that's where that thought process takes you. A lot of things can happen, but I really feel like a couple things with Trump. He needs a whale of a debate. I mean, he really needs... He's got to surprise us, and how is he going to surprise us? Because he's already had a bunch of debates, and he's already pretty much... And one, he didn't show up. He's already pulled that one. And so he's got to do... Somehow he needs to have a great debate, surprise people with something he hasn't come out with before. And it's going to be a delicate kind of balance. She's just trying to sleepwalk to the end. She knows people can't stand her, and she doesn't care. She doesn't care how she gets power. So if she needs you to stay silent to get the power, that's what she'll do. All of this stuff, as I said earlier, she hasn't done a press conference in 200... Yeah, because every time she speaks, her numbers go down. She's not an idiot. She knows that she's not winning this. Right now, again, we're going to get the Twitter people going. This is just analysis. From her point of view, she knows that she's not winning this that he's losing this. And as long as it looks that way to, to her and her people, she's going to continue to work it this way because all she cares about the power. The woman has no dignity. She has no dignity. She doesn't have any need to be liked. She has a craven need for power. And if just being quiet is going to get her there, she doesn't care how much you love or hate her. She just wants the power. Yes, Jared. Is the money enough, though, Eric? Because, I mean, th there have been several polls that have come out rec recently that have suggested that her unfavorability have, has just hit record Well, there's highs. a new one out. Well, how, how, what is, what yeah, are so, unfavorable? So, so, no, people can't stand her. The one that I have right now can't is... can't stand her, oh, and she's winning. This is from the Washington Post and ABC News that's saying yeah. that, too, which is supposedly in her pocket. There's supposedly. Another, uh, thank you. Thank you for correcting yourself, because you knew that was one of my... Jared Yamamoto says supposedly... And that annoys me. So supposedly, I fixed it. So okay. So she's what? Are the, what is the number? What are the numbers on her? Uh, on, right now, it's showing that she's just hit a record high here. No, you just don't know what the number is. Well, I guarantee you, it's in the sixties somewhere. Something like sixty-five percent of people cannot stand this woman. But here's what's really going on. I call it the congenital liar versus the madman. And whether you like it or not, people are not going to be voting for Hillary because they think that she's a wonderful person. They think that she's corrupt. They think that she's totally corrupt, and they're correct in that assessment. But here's the problem for Trump fans. 
They think he's bananas. <laughs> you know, so they, they're, they're choosing the devil they know. There's a, well, she's corrupt, but we really kind of think she might be sane. This is, I'm telling you, the worst presidential contest of my lifetime. It's worser versus worserer. And you just have to decide who's worserer. What? Who's worserer? Oh, that it's word. It's worser versus worserer. That's how bad this is. All right, the music stopped. That means we'll be back. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. This is for Eric Von Hessler. Gary Johnson, man? Really? The social justice warrior that gets triggered by calling them illegal immigrants? And the guy that wants to defund our military? That's who you're voting for, Eric? Come on, man. Really? Really? <laughs> Are you really someone who still in the year 2016 says, really? Come on, man. Come on, man. I watch a lot of ESPN. Really? If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And this Labor Day weekend in the Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, on top of all of the great reportage, you're going to get $250 in Coupon savings. I think I said that right. Coupon savings. That's why we say, if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Come on, man. Let me just uh, point this out about Gary Johnson. Number one, he climbed Mount Everest. Anybody who's a stoner who has the energy to climb Mount Everest has got something a little extra special going on. (laughs) Also, come on, man. I know, really? He's not corrupt like she is. And he's not erratic like he is. And here's a little clue for you. He's not going to win. But I will say this. Unlike an awful lot of people in this election, when I do vote... I actually will be voting for somebody that I agree with on an awful lot. Not everything. Couple of things that you brought up there. Really? Couple of those things I don't agree with. But you see, my friend, I'm old school. I don't expect purity from my candidates. You see, my friend, I'm old school. I don't expect to agree 100% with anyone let alone the person that I'm voting for. Really? (laughs) And you see, my friend, I'm old school. Old school American. Why did Eric Von Hessler in the early 90s switch from being a liberal, being a Democrat, to being a libertarian slash conservative? Because I got tired of being around people and being in a party that blamed all of their problems on other people. People. That's why I became a libertarian and a conservative. The day I looked in the mirror and owned everything in my life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And as you recall, there was a zit outbreak going on at that time, so there was a whole lot of ugly. Really? Really? And I owned it all. Come on, man. I am not leaving the Republican Party. The Republican Party is leaving me. Mm-hmm. The Republican Party says, hey, that Michael Moore, we didn't agree with him, but let's get our own Michael Moores going. 
Let's make our own stupid movies that just follow one piece of logic all the way to the end. I got tired of being around a party that blamed other people and rich people and the people over there, all my problems. And now what's happened with this Republican Party? It's all their fault. Every problem in my life, NAFTA. Oh, Mexicans coming over and doing these jobs because I want to pick lettuce. I'm sure this guy who, uh, who just left this uh, voicemail. Really? You know, Eric, I could be picking that lettuce. <laughs> They're taking jobs. <laughs> They're taking jobs that our welfare people won't do. But it's all their fault. All of my problems are somebody else's fault. The Chinese and the Mexicans. <clears throat> That's not why I switched over. So now I got to become even more independent and more individualistic and own my life. Let me tell you my political philosophy at the bottom. The foundation that you build the house on. No one, nobody, whichever is grammatically correct owes me anything you want absolutes you want absolutes out of your politicians that's the only absolute that i can think of in my life no one which by the way means no one it's a 100 percent thing not the president not my senator i'm not let down by these people i'm living my life and I live in a great country where I have the right to tune almost all of them out. I pay my taxes and I get to do whatever I want. I vote for lower taxes, but I pay them when they're high. It's like a door charge to be an American. So I can do what I want to do. There is not one problem in my life that was caused by NAFTA. There's not one problem in my life that was caused by President Obama. They may have been made it more difficult along the way, but my life belongs to me 100%, and I own it. So I'm not going to follow any candidate anywhere who says, Eric, I've identified why you're having problems, and it's those people over there. They're the ones. You want to go off in that kind of buffoonery? You want to be ignorant of history? You want to be ignorant of where that almost always lands a few years down? A lot of tears, a lot of apologies, historical, come after movements like this. The other one, Hillary Clinton, congenital liar, wakes up in the morning and tells herself a lie by telling herself that she's not lying. That's the first lie of the day. And then she goes in and she has her people around her and they figure out what lies. Hmm. What's the strategy of lies? I'm not voting for that, and I'm not voting for anybody who insults me enough to tell me that my problems are caused by other people. Man, because let me tell you something. If you're waiting for the President of the United States to get you a job, you're going to be waiting a good long time. You're going to have one of those, uh, like when you get up from the couch, <laughs> it's going to still be indented. <laughs> With an exact match of your rear end. If you're waiting for the next president, Trump, Clinton, anybody, to get you a job, your life belongs to you. And if you want to do something with it, get up and do something. If you're of sound mind and body. I'm not a cold person. I believe in a, 
you know, a safety net. Look, if there's some reason you're born, you can't do it, that's fine. But if you're of sound mind and body and you want to change your life, get up and change your life and stop blaming politicians and those people over there. No politician's ever going to get me to get behind him or her, or her with that kind of rhetoric because I know it's not true. I'm responsible for everything good, everything bad, and I'm not completely responsible with everything ugly. I was born with some of it. <laughs> but I have to own it. And that's why. You know, I tell people all the time, I was against Obama before I ever heard of Obama. There's no personality involved. I rejected those ideas intellectually long before he came along. He never said anything new that wasn't said by other people before him who believed those things. And I reject populist. I do not like, I don't like populist. I don't like rabble-rousing. I don't like just feeding the crowd red meat to get them going. I've never, and that, I didn't like that, and I rejected that when Donald Trump was an eccentric billionaire real estate guy who was fun to watch on TV. I'm not rejecting the person. I don't care about the people all that much, to be honest with you. I care about ideas. And what I care about is living in a country where you can be successful. And my message is stop relying on other people for that. No one owes it to you. You know, your dad, who was a jerk, he doesn't owe you anything. You know, your mom, who was smothered you too much, she doesn't owe you anything. But here's the trick. Here's the other side of the coin. You owe them nothing. Your life is yours. If you decide to help others, that's yours. That's something you want to do. That's why I want lower taxation. Not because I don't want to help. I'll help the people I know. I'll help somebody until I find out they're not helping themselves, and then I'll stop helping. But if I'm helping somebody who's helping themselves, I'll continue to help. I'm not against helping people. I'm against being forced to help everybody. That's why I'm a libertarian. You need to take ownership of your life if you want to be successful. And here's the other part of it. You can do everything right and still not be successful for three <laughs> or four years, and you still have to get up and go. But once you get there, it belongs to you. Will you be one of these people? Oh, yeah, I got a great job, and it's all because of President Trump. Really? No, it's not. It's because of you. So, really? That's why I stand where I stand. It's got nothing to do with the man. It's got a little bit to do with the woman, because she's a liar. It's got a little bit to do with him, because he appears to be a little bit insane. These are ideas. Stop voting for people. Start voting for ideas. I have more of this nonsense when we return. Everyone has an opinion, but he has the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining honesty on WSB. Welcome back. Eric Von Hessler, the Von Hessler Doctrine. I'm calming down from my rant. Really? Yeah, you have to turn on your microphone and radio. Know. <laughs> it's 2016. We don't use tin cans anymore, English. You Nick. were getting a little red there, Eric. I get a little passionate. You know what I get passionate about is when I talk about being an individual. I wish that more people thought of themselves as individuals. You get into all these ridiculous ideas, you know, 
like Black Lives Matter or, or reparations or something like that. These specific tribes out there. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't belong to anybody who came before me, and I'm going to be honest with you, except for my family and friends, I don't really care what happens after I'm gone. <laughs> I'm not, I don't feel connected. I'm not part of a lineage. I don't know. One of my grandfathers on my father's side, I don't even know his first name. I think that's a problem with people as they see themselves, even though you don't have to. It's America. You don't have to be a part of the tribe. You know, you, you're just you. And you only have so many hours, so many minutes. I'm going backwards. So many seconds. <laughs> now I'm going to make a big leap. So many years. <laughs> and that's it. And then we don't know what happens. Maybe you go to heaven. Maybe I don't know. I've never been there. I'll find out. But I know what I have here. And what I have here is my life. And I'm going to control my life. And part of controlling your life is accepting responsibility for it, not just the good things. And just stop blaming other people. That's when I turned my life around, when I decided to own my life and stop blaming other people and accepting everything. I tell people who come in who are new to a job, it's like, you know, every once in a while, stand up at a meeting and accept responsibility for something you didn't do. Lean more that way than being the guy in a meeting who's always making sure that Everyone else knows that it's not your fault. Accept responsibility for something. Somebody. Be the person who stands up and says, I messed up on that one. We'll get it right next time. That's the way to live your life. And I think these politicians, well, oh, they're pandering. Why are they pandering? Because you want them to. You know, these people that, oh, we want so much change and we don't like the way things are. Really? Tell them you're going to take away their... Uh, their, their, their real estate tax exemption, their mortgage tax exemption. Suddenly they're not so rebellious. Oh, no, that's my thing that I get from the government. That's my milk. You can't take that away. People think they're rebels, but they're not. You want to be a rebel? Be an individual. I wanted to mention that this guy died. God, I miss this I guy. I have one question, Dr. Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. Be remiss not to mention that Gene Wilder is gone. 83 years old. So many great wonderful movies and I, I can't add anything to it that anybody else has already said but I wanted to Young Frankenstein to me it wasn't Blazing Saddles Young Frankenstein for me is the one of the funniest movies ever alright so more great radio coming up Autumn Fisher is actually going to join us we'll do some WTF when we return News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB Eric Von Hessler on WSB Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 3 of this very special Labor Day edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I'm the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. We have some doctrinaires here with us today. English Nick is with us. Jared Yamamoto is with us. No Tim Andrews. And finally, being joined by Autumn Fisher, who's decided that she can she can work for one hour this week and be on the show. Hello, <laughs> Hello, Autumn. Hello. It feels so good to be here. Finally. I'm sure that it does. And you know, I don't want to belabor this, but Autumn is <laughs> pregnant for her second child. Yeah. And uh, you just found out what the sex was going to be. Now, before you tell us, it's just one of those things. We want to let people know. And it's like, in general, it's special and wonderful. Mm-hmm. But no one really cares if it's not your kid. I mean, really, honestly, <laughs> let's be honest about it. But it is one of those yeah. things that you do kind of want to celebrate. So, Autumn, celebrate. What is the sex of the child? It's a boy, Captain. It's a boy. It's a boy. And I don't, I don't want you to push your husband on this, but secretly he's relieved. You already have a daughter. <laughs> and this is the kind of thing that men can't talk about, but they're always wishing for a boy. If only yeah. you push the name on. 
you know, down sure, the line, you know? Yeah, he didn't really think about it that way. Um, he, he thought it would be nice to have a pair of girls. He thought that was mm. kind of sweet. Yeah. But then uh, now that the boy's coming, he's already, like, vi- envisioning me and my daughter going out somewhere and right. the two boys staying home like eating cereal yeah. after dinner like don't tell mom watching football yeah he's, he's thinking of it as a brother well he'll find out very quickly that uh, having a son and having a brother are two very different things first of all you never send your brother to his room for being <laughs> naughty so it's uh, but congratulations Thanks. and i saw the little picture from inside you and uh, yep. the kid looks super cool already I I think so too. Is he wearing a hat or something in there? It just seems <laughs> like he's already got, he's already got style. So speaking of style, uh, I don't know if anybody saw this. I don't watch Colbert anymore. I had great hopes for Stephen Colbert when it first came on, and it just kind of like he comes off to me as a little bit arrogant, kind of elitist, and not as funny as I'd expected. But uh, our congressman John Lewis was on. John Lewis, who. Uh, it was one, I mean, he is just a civil rights hero. There's no taking away, you can disagree with John Lewis all day long on policies, and I do, but there's no taking away from what that dude did with MLK back in the day, and he deserves, he, now as far as I know, I think he's been in Congress about 130 years and <laughs> Easily. basically done nothing. As, as, a, as a congressman, not nearly the hero, but he did such heroic things in his young life that to me, he gets a pass. And this I found, found pretty funny. He was on uh, Colbert, and I guess they got a whole thing going where every guest was uh, being, uh, what do you call it when you go on top of the crowd? Crowd surfing. Crowd surfing, yeah. Was crowd surfing at the end. And I think Colbert was a little... <laughs> hesitant but everyone else had done it so when john lewis was done he asked him and john lewis said yes and he crowd served congressman thank, thank you so you. much thank you very much you want to crowd surf uh, jump into the crowd with me yes. let's do it hey, you see and he goes over and... how old is he well he's got to be 70 right 76 76 that's awesome <laughs> i mean he looks great <laughs> I don't know. I just want. It's not a. It's a, it's a visual thing, but mm-hmm. I just think it's. You know, I'm 76. I want to have a sense of humor and allow strangers to touch me. What's interesting to me is everybody who was crowd surfing that night. They were doing it face down on the crowd. If I had to crowd surf, yeah, you're on your back. I'd go no, on my back. Wrong. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to get into stuff. It's a family show, but there are areas to be protected when strangers are passing you around. That's all. <laughs> maybe I'm, that's why they did it that that's, way. <laughs> perhaps. Maybe it's just all done for fun. You know what's fun? We started with headlines. The next hour, we ratcheted it up a little bit with more headlines. Even more fun. Hey, we're not done. It's time for even more headlines. What? Wrap your head around that, Jared Yamamoto. Feed me even more headlines. I don't know how much you're going to like this one, Eric, but uh, George... Hey, don't you decide. I don't need editorializing out of you. (laughs) Well, okay. You just push the buttons and you give me the stories, pal. See? (laughs) Georgetown University will give slave descendants priority for their admissions going forward. Now, this is rather narrow, right? There's a... Georgetown... is, Is this the university I'm thinking of? They know for a fact that... Human beings were sold at one point. 200-plus human beings were sold as a way for them to relieve debt. It was one of the biggest mass slave sales in U.S. history. Right, and it was a way for them to relieve debt and kept the institution going, right? Correct. So now they're saying, we recognize this, and the way that we're going to pay up, basically, for this is if anyone wants to get into school, 
Now, I'm assuming you have to have the requisite grades and all that. Let's put all that aside. But anyone who wants to get into this school, if you can show that you are a legitimate descendant of one of those people that was sold to relieve that debt, we will give you some kind of break. And are they saying, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if they're saying exactly what the break is, but I take it as scholarships. Is it full scholarships? I don't know. But they're going to give some kind of break like that. And now my, the Von Hessler doctrine on that is, I get it. I get what they're doing. They did sell these people. There is a direct link. I take it that they have the names of everybody that was sold, so they have a record that, that exists that they can match things to. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to come out necessarily against this, but I, I do want to expand it out a little bit and tell you what I really think is going on here. You know, for years, the concept of reparations has been out there as far as the American government apologizing for slavery and then paying money to African Americans as, as part of the penalty for it. And it really hasn't gone anywhere politically, although there's always a lot of people who think it's a good idea. In practical terms, how much do people get? Does Obama get the same thing as uh, you know, a, a family that's living in an inner city somewhere? It's very difficult to figure out how that would work. And also, not for nothing, every taxpayer you're taking money from wasn't alive when this happened. So you're taking money right. from people who didn't commit the sin and to, to alleviate the sin. And so it's really had, it's been a non-starter politically. The, one of the main places in this country where the idea of reparations is very, very popular is on college campuses. So what I see here is, let's prime the well sort of a little bit. Like as if, if the universities can start doing this and start apologizing for their institu- institutions in this way, by basically not giving money, but you are. When you don't charge somebody for, for school, you're basically giving money. You're making something available to them. And what I feel like is happening here is the academics really love the idea of the United States government playing, paying reparations. And it's dead politically now. But if a bunch of institutions over the next five, ten years start doing this, I believe the academics who believe in this on a larger scale think that they can get something going. They can get a movement going, and they can say, hey, look, we did this. We apologized for our institution, and we're still going strong, so the country should do it. I think in the future, three or four years from now, we'll start to hear from academics that they're doing it on the college campuses, and it's time, finally, for the country to do it. That's my idea here. And doing it at the beginning of the school year, too, only fulfills that fire, because everyone's excited to be back in school, and sure. this is when these movements are at their height. And this is all anybody's talking about. Now, every other school, and I don't know how many other schools have this particular past. This is, seems like a unique situation, where these human beings were sold, it was for debt, it was for the school... Um, but I'm sure many different stories having to do with slavery of some kind or some sort of indentured servitude went on with many of these old universities. So I see it as a movement amongst academics to show that it is something that can be done so that later on we can put pressure on the country to do it. And for me, the idea of reparations as far as the country go, I find that appalling because I wasn't, I, I'm an individual, I'm a libertarian, I'm an individual, I'm me, I am, I am more than willing to be held responsible for everything that I've done, bad and good. 
I do not have a scintilla of inside of me that says I should be held responsible for anything that other people have done, living or dead. And so that really goes against my grain. I think one of the one of the things that makes sets, separates America from an awful lot of countries and a lot of cultures is that the son is not punished for the sins of the father. You don't find that in tribal societies. You can be born into a family where something's been going on for 250 years and you just pay the price, man. That's what's great about America is that that doesn't happen. I've mentioned this before. Woody Harrelson's been a great actor, has been in people's minds since the 80s, since Cheers. His dad's been in prison for murder that whole time. And before that happened, nobody judges Woody Harrelson by the acts of his father. Woody Harrelson is judged by himself being a really great actor who is oftentimes goofy. So it's his own reputation. That is a wonderful thing about the West in general, and America in particular, that the son is not held accountable for the sins of the father. And so I'm completely against the idea of taxpayer reparations in the year 2016. But I have to admit, this seems like a great test case to get things going because they have the names, the records, they can do this, and they know they sold these people to save the institution. So I'm not against it necessarily. I'm just predicting what's going to happen in three or four years when the academics come back to the rest of us and say, we're doing it. Now it's time for the entire country to do it. Give me another one. According to a new report from the Princeton Review, the University of Wisconsin is America's top party school. This does not yes. surprise me. How close is university? Now, Autumn's husband, who is a uh, NASA snob, he no, he's works. Not a snob. <laughs> he's like, he's a he's an astrophysics snob, and yeah. so he got, he got out of Milwaukee, but his family's from Milwaukee. How far is University of Wisconsin? Is that in that area? The Milwaukee area. Does anybody know? Is anybody, um, is anybody checking while I? It's in Madison. Yeah, it's in Madison. Yeah. It's in Madison, but I don't know where that is compared to Milwaukee in the state of Wisconsin. Sure. So it's on the sort of bay, like a right. big lake, of course. But if there's I'm anything zooming out of my Google map, what I know about Milwaukee <laughs> is there is more. Dr- there are more drunks in Milwaukee. It's more I think, bars, right? More, well, apparently there are more bars per cap per capita than anywhere else in the country. It's eighty miles from Milwaukee, so it's basically these are Milwaukee folk. So it doesn't surprise. Yeah, it's about me. in the middle of the southern half of of uh, Wisconsin. So it doesn't surprise me that they would be the party school because let's remember when it comes to rates of alcoholism, <laughs> the weather quite often plays a role. Yeah, it's cold. It's, it's cold, cold, and there's nothing else to do for nearly six months a year. And so when you're growing up and you first start partying, you get together, you either get inside of a, a car and drive around and go nowhere with your friends and, and party <laughs> while it's freezing cold outside, or you somebody has a den or a basement that becomes the party yeah, spot. The basement. And then when you turn 21, you take that basement party to your local tavern. Or, if you're smart enough, you take it to the University <laughs> uh, is it University of Wisconsin to the Badgers, right? Yeah. Yes. And uh, so it doesn't surprise me at all. I know a lot of people from that area. They're all good drunks. Some of the best drunks in the world. So <laughs> if your kid's smart and uh, you feel like maybe has some trouble with alcohol, send him to Madison. To fruition. <laughs> to everything he could and can be. All right, more, even more headlines when we return.
welcome back to the Von Hessler Doctrine. I'm Eric Von Hessler. I'm surrounded by my doctrinaires. And this is part two of even more headlines. So, Jared, hit me with another even more headline. Yeah, this one's absurd, too. <laughs> the EU wants Apple to pay Ireland their back taxes worth nearly $15 billion, but Ireland doesn't want them to pay them. They're fine with it. Now, here's... Uh, first of all, I'm 52, so you're not talking about the Beatles uh, recording <laughs> No, I'm studio, not. Apple. You, you're talking, <laughs> no, I'm about, talking the, about Apple Incorporated. Oh, you're talking about the most successful company in the history of the world, right, Apple. Right. Okay, okay, that one. I want to make sure. Because I, I, I mean, I'm certainly... I think the Beatles have $13 billion to pay. I'm sure they do. I wouldn't think Ireland would want that. No, this is, uh, this is, all right, here's the Von Hester doctrine on this. We need places like Ireland. We need places like Ireland. The reason, Ireland has a very low corporate tax rate, and for that reason, Apple maneuvers it out so that a bunch of their money goes through there, and they keep it there so they don't have to pay the astronomical amount of tax it would cost to bring it here. Now, the fact of the matter is, nobody pays more in taxes than Apple in this country. Let's get that straight. They pay an amazing amount of money. You, you can't even imagine. But some people believe in this country, well, they're harboring it over there. They don't want to pay it. But here's the... And in Europe, they hate the idea that Ireland has this low tax thing going on in the middle of the European Union. And Ireland's totally fine with it. Well, of course they are, because they're getting the business. They're right. doing it right. They're, the rest of the European Union wants to just dictate and tell you everything, and you play by our rules, and Ireland is doing like what George is doing to Hollywood, right? Come make your movies here. It won't cost you as much. And all these big-time liberals who want your taxes and my taxes to go up from Hollywood, what's the first thing they do when they get a tax break? They they get up and they go to Georgia because what really matters is how people act, not what they say. So Ireland is doing a great job. If you think of it in terms of a tax haven, this is why you need other countries. Like Swiss bank accounts are always like, oh, he's got a Swiss bank account. He's not paying his tax. The only way your government will ever lower taxes is if another government has lower taxes. If you get to the point where there's no such thing as Swiss bank accounts, there will never be pressure on your government to lower taxes. On this is it's a wonderful thing for everybody because the only chance corporations have of getting a lower corporate tax rate is that well now we want to compete with places like Ireland. By the way, no corporation in the history of the world has ever paid one penny of tax. Do you realize that? You pay the taxes. If, there, if, if, if there's uh, three cents on uh, a tube of toothpaste, that's corporate tax. That means that tube of toothpaste costs three cents more. Right. Let me say it again. No corporation has ever paid one penny in corporate tax, and they never will, whether you like it or not. All right, WTF, when we return. News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And on this Labor Day weekend, aside from all the great reportage, you can save $250 in coupon. Am I right, Autumn? Coupon? Thank you. I was waiting for it. I'm getting better. I said coupon for a long time, and Autumn told me that I was getting it wrong. For some reason... All my life, I've thought that the O in coupon is silent, and apparently oh. it's not. Oh, no, I left my coupons in my buggy. Okay, so $250 <laughs> in coupon savings. That's why we say, if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. 
And we usually do WTF earlier in the show, but Autumn, for some reason, she's pregnant, she's got this, she's got that, she couldn't be with us. So we moved everything around for Little Diva, and it is now time for... What the... What the... What the... Seriously, what the... WTF with Autumn Fisher. All right, Autumn Fisher, what the fun and games? What's you know, going on? I don't on? even really feel like doing it right now, so could we just move my segment to yeah, a Yeah, would, would you like us just to wait till tomorrow? Perhaps we'll just, you know, it's, yeah. a, long, it's, a, it's a holiday weekend, so we can just I'll stick just, around. I'll just call in during Mark Aram's show and say, I'm ready to do WTF now. I have gotten the directive from on high at WSB. Don't mess with Autumn. She <laughs> plays when she plays. Don't we have a direct line, Jared, right? She's we do. Own, I think you guys had to step aside on Herman Cain a couple of shows. Mm-hmm. It's time for Autumn to speak. She's become the priority of the station, and the great thing is, it has not gone to her head. Uh, Not at all. Move over, Belinda. But could we please beg you for a WTF story? (laughs) Okay. I'll do it. Uh, So the very innocent and angelic Chris Brown uh, says he was the victim of uh, this very strange standoff that happened at his house on Tuesday. Well, first of all, Chris Brown, for those who don't, because I, to me, I don't follow music of yeah. today. Like, I don't, I think it's terrible. So I don't follow music <laughs> of today. Uh, basically, I'm going to be honest. It's very could, blunt of you. I could be right. I could be wrong. Maybe it's because I'm 52. I, I don't know. I, whatever. It's not my cup of tea. So I only know Chris Brown when he gets in the headlines. Chris Brown is a singer who gets in the headlines for beating up women. Like his his girlfriend was Rihanna years ago, right? Yeah. And uh-huh. so not only is he, look, I, smart people don't beat up their girlfriends. So, but he was really, really stupid because he beat her up the night before she was supposed to appear on the Grammys, which made it obvious to everyone that something had gone on. And so he had a, did he actually do jail time at all or just probation, whatever. It was a big deal. And supposedly he reformed himself. The first time he reformed himself, he showed up like on Good Morning America and got so angry that he threw a chair through a window. (laughs) So, uh, and then there have been different stories about him since. And I think just recently, just last year sometime, he actually got the whole Rihanna thing off his back. The probation was over. So what happened uh, this week? He had a standoff with the LAPD that lasted... Like 12 hours or something, right? Yeah, it was it was a really strange, and it ended up kind of being like this he said, she said, where um, this woman was in his house, it was a bunch of people, and there was some jeweler or something Yeah, this there. is what I love about these parties, is you're at the house, <laughs> and then you, so she's, she's out like by the pool or something, she says she comes back in, and there's some highfalutin jeweler there showing right. off bling. Oh, right, what a good time. Oh, yeah, it's a, I think it's so awesome to look at jewelry. Well, I mean, aren't we something? Don't these kids know how to just take drugs <laughs> like the old days? And just die in your 20s? Uh, yeah. Like What's going on? What is going on with these kids? Yeah, they don't maybe, know how to do it. Maybe the drugs came before the jewelry party. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wouldn't yeah, that? Yeah, okay. I'll tell you what. I, I get really drunk. I want to look, <laughs> look at jewelry. Wow. That's whatever. Okay, so. So she was told to back away from the jewelry. Uh, Chris Brown got upset with her, and she says he pulled a gun on her. Well, of course. Then, she got near the oh. jewelry. Yeah, and he said, I'm sick of these girls. Get them out of my house. <laughs> so so then uh, she tried to leave. They said that uh, before you go in the house, they had to give up their cell phones, I guess, so that you wouldn't take pictures and maybe sell them to paparazzi. Right. So um, in order to get the phone back, they were requiring her to send or to sign a uh, non-disclosure agreement. Right. And she was like, I'm not going to do that. And so she yanked her phone out of the guy's hand, and they ran and hid under an SUV at the neighbor's house. Boy, that's and a then good time going over to cops. Chris Brown's. That's a good time going over there. That's great. We, you know, we ended up... 
crying under the neighbor's SUV <laughs> waiting for the cops. Oh, that, that poor neighbor is like, I hate living yeah, next hey, to this. But dude. wait a minute, we did we we did get a, get an eyeful of some really good looking jewelry. So there was there was there was some upside to it. Now That's my true. understanding is so she's off telling the story. So then the LAPD comes in and he barricades because basically whatever it is he wanted to hide, he wanted time to get rid of before the LAPD came in because he first said. Uh, you need to get a warrant. They went and got right. a warrant, and then there was a standoff while he flushed everything down the toilets or whatever went on. There was like a duffel bag that was thrown out of yeah. the window. That yeah, they'll never find that. Evidence. They'll never that- find Throw it out the window. The cops will never find it <laughs> on our five-acre estate or no, whatever. No, they nope. found it. That's what I'm saying. Is Of course they found it. <laughs> right. So, uh, so, um... Uh, so where are we in this story? So then, so it's like a twelve hour. Like it was, this thing started at two in the morning, and the cops got in there at one in the afternoon. And I haven't looked at any of this, but apparently, of course, he was doing live video on social media the whole uh, time on Instagram. Yeah, is uh, what does Colin Kaepernick have to say about it? That's all I want to know. I want to know. Was he? I, I guarantee you, the cops showed up for that one. They were like, "Look, keep your guns in your holsters, and we're just going to wait this out." This guy's crazy. And I'm not losing my retirement pay. Yeah, they're damned so if they do and damned they if they don't. They yeah. could have got in there a lot earlier. <laughs> and uh, okay, just let's just—he'll fall asleep. We'll get in there sometime. After what happened to Rihanna, too? Why in the world would any girl want to date him? I mean, oh, after I mean, it wasn't about funny. dating him. It was just about being. It was probably. I'm going to assume that it was just some industry girls coming over. Like, yeah, celebrity's house. Let's go. Okay, let's hang out there. That's true. Now, here's the thing, Chris Brown. There's every reason in the world for us to think. You know, that he's in the wrong here, and maybe he is. But the other side of it is this girl does have a history, too. Um, she has a lit- litigation history. I'm not, I can't remember exactly what I read. But she towards the bottom of the article, you yeah. you can see that she's had some run-ins herself with the law. So we don't know. It really is he said, she said. Although, usually, if you're totally innocent, you don't have a standoff with the police. I'm just saying, yeah. usually, that's how it works. But it might be. That, uh, you know, there's this great song on this new Keith Richards record. See, there I am, 52 years old. I'm listening to the new Keith Richards record. So uh, there's a song (laughs) about how it's called Rob Blind, where the guy knows that he's been robbed, and he can't call the cops because he's like, God knows what they'll find in this house. You know, like he can't call the cops for the thing that he knows that he's the victim in, because if they get in his house, he's not clean. He may forget what he put in a cupboard six months ago somewhere. And, you know, he's going to be the one who's in trouble. So the standoff may have had more been more about clean up the house uh, because cops are about to come in here. So rather than try to show myself as being innocent. So it really truly is. He said, she said. And we, although I think they're going to, usually these homes have all kinds of security cams. Sure. It was that guy that played for the New England Patriots that shot that guy in the head. He forgot that he was so rich <laughs> that there were cameras all over his house. So, hey, I had nothing to do with it. They uh, see him coming back with the gun what? in his hand. And, you know, so there's probably security all over uh, Chris Brown's house. Sure. So, oh, Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez, yes. Oh, they'll never catch me. I mean, I'm the, <laughs> I'm on the New England Patriots. Oh, we were just in the Super Bowl. Hey, the, no one will ever put it together. Probably one of the best tight end duos with Rob Gronkowski yeah. of all time. Yeah, too. it didn't last long. No, it did not. It didn't last long. Because uh, one guy decided that he had been dissed, you see. you got to understand that he may have had $40 million and been lucky enough to be catching balls from a guy named Tom Brady rather than you know a million other quarterbacks where your name would be, no one would know who you are. <laughs> and he had that $40 million. But uh, you see, here's the thing, guys. That other dude, he dissed him. 
So he had to kill him. Sure. Because uh, yeah. even though he had $40 million and a great career, I don't know if you understand this, but that guy dissed him. Street cred's more important. Yeah, street cred. I mean, people will be talking about the fact that he let a guy diss him without uh, killing him. So you got well, to get, those, you gotta to get those things straight, Eric. Absolutely. you, know you got to have your priorities. So now he's in prison for the rest of his life rather than being celebrated. And, uh, you know, the normal arc would be <laughs> stay in the league for five or six years and then end up being commentator on ESPN. Instead of that. He went to a different prison rather than the SPN. He went to prison, prison. <laughs> and uh, But I know that a lot of people say, oh, why did he do that? But I think maybe they don't realize that uh, even though he had $40 million and Super Bowl appearances and a great career in front of him, that guy dissed him. So, you know, he had to be shot in the head in a court. Sure. It Tell me be. a better way to handle it. I, I don't know. know. I, it just seems like the obvious thing. If somebody disses you, then if that were true, I mean, I'd have a lot of people on my list just from the Twitter comments alone. <laughs> <laughs> this is a traffic red alert from the WSB 24-hour traffic center. Have a serious crash right now on 400 northbound at the Glen Ridge Connector. All lanes are blocked there in Sandy Springs. You'll want to avoid that area for a while longer. Again, that's 400 northbound at the Glen Ridge Connector. All lanes are blocked. Robin Reese, WSB. You have to change everything about your show. Oh, believe I got a guy. I got a guy right now. He writes me long letters. Actually, I think it's a girl. He said, I'm not it's a girl. It's a girl. I saw that. <laughs> Long letters about everything. Oh, what, okay, because you're writing me, I'm just going to upend everything. You know what? Oh, I'm gonna, bless her heart. I'm going to fire all the doctrinaires. We're going to start over again. It's just going to be me and a puppet. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> hey, it's worked before on radio. Can you believe this? In the 1940s, people used to listen to a radio show. It was it Edgar Bergen or it whatever? It was a ventriloquist. It was a ventriloquist yeah. on the radio. He was so talented, I could just tell. I guess it was in front of a live audience, so you would trust that he wasn't moving his lips. <laughs> are those those puppets that are upstairs uh, in the on the second floor of WSB? Oh, you mean the... the, the no, the, those are marionettes. Those are oh, marionettes. You don't okay. know. You yeah. See, see, I have no idea. Well, no. Puppet this, puppetry straight. He knows Jared. nothing of puppetry, this Jared Nothing, nothing at That's all. That's one thing about the millennials. They do not respect puppetry. They really don't. They're all CGI, aren't it's they? All it's all CGI. Digital. Oh, I'm going to go to a movie because it's got my superhero. It's going to get in a fight with the other superhero. <laughs> and nobody ever thought that these two superheroes are going to fight on a dog. I can't believe it. They're going to destroy a whole city. I'm going to go see it five times at IMAX. 18 bucks pop. And Jared looking guilty over there. Uh, yeah, okay. I so, mean, I've seen them, but I, I, again, I'm the most critical person of movies out here. Probably no, you're not critical if you spend the money on the next one. You see, critical is Eric Von Hessler, who looks at the TV. <laughs> I, I love these commercials. It's, like, it's always like five superheroes that are on one side of something, and then five villains who are on the other side. Suicide Squad. So what? Now it's that and another one, but maybe the Captain America one. They looked like they were in a parking lot, and at the end of the commercial, they were just running at each other. <laughs> and I just thought, you know how Eric is a critic of that? Not one single penny goes to the people who continue to pollute the movie distribution stream with that garbage. Absolute garbage. Except for Batman. I watched the Batman movies. I can't really explain that other than I liked the old Batman TV show when I was a kid, so I got interested in it, I suppose. But what is going on with this country? But you country? won't know unless you try Oh, that it. guy dresses up in leotards and he's got a shield. That's awesome. Is it? <laughs> what is awesome about that? What is, if your friend showed up like that, what would you think? That's different. A friend. <laughs> what are you talking about? Your, your argument is very... Uh, it's very thin. It's yes, very, very grumpy. Thin it's very grumpy. It's very 52 years old. Right. I, I just... I didn't like comic books when I was a kid. Do you want to know why? 
too many words. It was all so dense in there. The only comic books I read were like Richie Rich. And the words were huge. Well, that's why it's Labor Day. So that way you could take a break from reading. Are you trying to make this show thematic with that? <laughs> so I just thought, oh, it's Labor Day. It is. Happy Labor Day weekend. We'll get a little more WTF. Oh, no, we got to say goodbye, right? We got to say goodbye when we return. Entertaining Honesty on WSB. Welcome back to this very special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine, starring Eric Von Hessler, produced by Eric Von Hessler, created by Eric Von Hessler, from an idea by Eric Von Hessler. Derived from a short story by Eric Von Hessler. Oh, it's a great short story. I've read it. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it's awesome. It's so short. It's two paragraphs. Yeah. But, I mean, you'll laugh, you'll cry, the whole thing. And we just, after two paragraphs, we got to turn this into a show. It's shorter than that article about Chris Brown. There's so many Absolutely. bits and pieces you know, to that. By the way, I know you wanted to mention something about Chris Brown. Yeah. You had a question about, well, well, was, so we shouldn't mention for people, Chris Brown had a standoff with the LAPD. He's a, yeah. a rapper, R&B artist who often beats up women. Go ahead. I mean, you wonder, why is this guy still have a career? Why is he still on the radar Apart from instances like this and I, I mean think, after the Rihanna thing yeah. Why didn't that crush his career I mean who's buying his records You know screw him But then I think back to our rock and roll heroes yes. you know, Jimmy Page Keith Richards Jimmy Page Bill Wyman They've yeah. all done stuff that shouldn't yeah. have been done Well Bill Wy- Yeah Bill Wyman dated a girl Starting at some I don't know what ungodly age 13 w- Waited until she was like 18 to marry her uh, the funny thing about Jimmy Page From Led Zeppelin <laughs> Is a few months ago There was a spectacle where he was on trial for a, a guitar lick from Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, they said he stole it. Which, they won that. But to me, the funny thing was that that guy would be on trial for that when we all know that in the 70s, <laughs> he dated a 13-year-old girl. Right. I mean, he dated a 13-year-old girl. I mean, they, like, lived together. She was 13. Everyone knows this. Eric, and it was a different time. Was it? <laughs> thirteen year old was the best 21. times. It was the worst of times. It was back in the days when you know you had that song like "My Chevy Van," where yes. people were getting like kidnapped in vans, okay. in <laughs> <Yes>. fields. <laughs> so I mean, it's hilarious to me. I mean, it's not really hilarious. I mean, it's the same. It's the kind of thing like now. If that happened now, Jimmy Page was young now, and he was doing that. He. The response to him would be something like the guy who left his kid in the car yep. in the heat. You know, I mean, but sure. now, but that's, well, it was a long time ago. He's a great guitarist, and I still love Led Zeppelin, but I am a hypocrite. And that music tells me that this Labor Day edition of the Von Hester Doctrine is coming to an end. You know what? You need to download that WSB radio app because the Von Hester Doctrine will end up on there. We also do three podcasts a week that are only available on the WSB Radio app. We call that the Digital Doctrine. This show, every Sunday at noon, from noon to three, the Von Hessler Doctrine, written by Eric Von Hessler, produced by Eric Von Hessler, directed by Eric Von Hessler, from a short story. Great story. Inspired by a short story from Eric Von Hessler called The Von Hessler Doctrine. That was this episode of The Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you on the next episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Enjoy the rest of your Labor Day weekend. Get off my lawn. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.